0: Hi so my name is Julie Hunting, and I'm really excited to get to um, be on this Zoom call today. i um, really looking forward to getting to hear from Jenna and Kathy. And, um, I work for Salt City Church primarily with our college ministry, but I'm also a young mom and I've learned, um, both as a young mom and as a Christian, how valuable it is to have people who are in the stage of life ahead of me or two to be able to speak truth in words of life, um, and so I'm really looking forward to learning from Jen and Kathy. Got a few questions for them, and um, these are two women that I admire and have spoken valuable words of life and truth into me um, in the three years that I've been a part of Salt City Church. So. Um, Kathy and Jenna, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself and share um, your kids, um, what ages they are and who they are real quick.
1: Kathy, you go first. All right. Well, hi, my name is
2: uh, Kathy Wassenaar. And um, I only see Jenna up on the screen. So if you're seeing a long blonde, that's not me. Um, (laughs) That's Jenna. uh, Kathy Wassenaar, I'm married to Rob, I have two sons, they are uh, Josh and Drew, and they're both college age, they're, well, past post-college, they're, um, Josh just finished up his master's in theological studies, and Drew is, uh, in pursuit of his, so God called them both into ministry, and they are, they have said, yes, Lord, at this point, and so we're excited to see where that leads them, um, I work, I'm a VP of a software company uh, in Eden Prairie here, and and I worked uh, before I had kids. But for 17 years, uh, I was a stay-at-home mom, and it's the best job I've had. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am Jenna Weichel, and my husband and I have four kids in our home right now. Um, Avery is 13 max is 12 maya is nine and ella is six and then we also have three boys um, who we've been fighting to bring home from ghana africa for five years and samuel is 17 joshua is 15 and seth is 12. and i also my mom heart beats for over 50 kids who live at our orphanage that our, our nonprofit runs so um I feel like I have a pretty big mom heart in many capacities, um, and yeah, I run our nonprofit um, on a full-time basis and then work for Salt City on a part-time basis and um, kind of just do the next thing the Lord shows me to do.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, so first question out of the question and answer. Um, how have you guys seen God use motherhood to shape you recently? So like within the past few weeks or months, how has God used motherhood to shape you?
2: Well, I can speak. I don't know. Can you see me?
0: Mm-hmm. We can see you.
2: Oh, okay, great. Um You know, this is interesting, so when Josh just finished up his Master's of Theological Studies, I was trying to think of what to give him, what kind of a gift would be impactful, and kind of uh, matches that, and I came up with absolutely nothing um, other than some cash, but um, but one thing that I think God impressed on me, and um, I just started it in the last like week and a half since COVID, last couple of weeks, was to put together a list and write down kind of the spiritual markers in his life all of the God stories and can I just say go back to the time that he was three that I really really remember God like working and doing something big in his life and the way that changed me or how it's impacting me right now is that It's just so revealing at how unbelievably, incredibly faithful God is. And that whole parenting stretch, that whole, like, what an experiment, right? You know, like, you have these kids, and you really don't know how they're going to turn out until they're, you know, into their adult life and stuff like so. But man, um, to know that I wasn't in it alone, that Rob and I weren't in it alone, that God was there doing his thing was just really um, revealing. It tells me he's still there doing his thing in their lives uh, with us, in spite of us,
0: all of that kind of, and and uh, yeah, so. I, you, Kathy, I I feel like one of the greatest privileges that I have as a mom of Kate and our baby that's coming in August is to pray for them, um, to pray. For their walk with Jesus and I'm just curious like what did it look like for you and Rob to pray for Josh and Drew in their lifetime what were some of the constant prayers that you prayed for them oh gosh the
2: most constant for sure was that they would love and follow the Lord all the days of their life and I kind of feel like if they loved the Lord and they were following him all the days of their life everything else would fall into place for them um and, you know, we prayed lots of specific things for them too, but I prayed more for me and like how to parent them than because I felt so mm-hmm. deficient. Um, you know, not unlike what Drew said about his mom, you know, raised in a mainline church and mm-hmm. in the family thing, you know, and so you, then. You, my parents have come to faith in Christ as adult later in life, you know, and, and, um, but I was so dependent on Jesus at that time in my life. I just, nothing has made me feel more inadequate and more insecure than beginning to parent. And, um, it's kind of cool. There's, you know, um, Deuteronomy 6, 6, it's, it kind of says, you know, um, it's right after they, the Ten Commandments were given, and then even after the Ten Commandments, you know, love the Lord your God with all your mm-hmm. heart and strength, um, and then in these things that I've taught you today, they're to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then he says, how to impress them? You know, it's like, okay, when you're talking all day, you know, when you're walking on the road, when you lie down at night, when you're sitting up, when you're when you're standing up, when you're sitting down. So it was an all-day thing. And um and I felt like um, all day we prayed for the kids, we prayed out loud with them, over them. Uh, so we didn't just pray, you know, for them, uh, the two of us when they weren't around. We prayed, you know, when they woke up in the morning, when we put them to bed at night, you know, as we, when they were hurt during the day, when their feelings were hurt, when we, we prayed a lot. Yeah. But mostly that they would love the Lord and they would follow him
0: all the days of their life. That's helpful to hear because there's a lot of days where I feel pretty helpless and I don't know what to do as a mom. And I forget that I can just pray and ask God to help me as a parent to know what to do and like I'm learning that still. Oh my goodness. How about you, Jenna? What's God been um, how's he been using motherhood to shape you
1: recently? Yeah. Um, specifically since our two oldest are transitioning into being teenagers um, it's been a shift in parenting for sure and I think one thing he's teaching me is just to really see our kids as the individuals that he's created them to be and to encourage that in each one of them And to just be thankful that they're not all the same. And it makes parenting more challenging because you're not parenting always as a whole. You have to parent each child as God has made them. And specifically with the oldest two that are in our home, you know, learning to let them make mistakes and rest in God's grace and that his grace in their life is sufficient. And I think, you know, when they're younger, you you say that and you know that, um, but you have much more control over their lives when they're younger. And as they get older and they start to have opinions and voice opinions and um, even just rebel to some degree, I've been finding myself just praying a lot more for them, but also just really leaning into the grace that God has for them specifically and knowing like he's writing a story in each one of their lives and it's not going to look the same as it did for me and they're all not going to look the same and so it's been a little bit of like this transition to like handing them over more to the lord and saying like okay god i have to trust the foundations that we've built when they're younger um that your promises in your word are are true and now I have to also open-handedly allow them to just kind of walk in independence a little more. And we're obviously still parenting them a lot at 12 and 13, but um, yeah, we're we're definitely in like a new stage of parenting. And I've just seen God's grace um, a lot in our parenting. And I have felt um, the insufficiency of parenting in a new way when they're not making choices that i would deem as wise and yet needing to just um entrust them to to god even more
0: Can you expand on that a little bit more what you need like letting them learn mistakes and that's really hard to do as a mom like no like
1: oh that's not a good idea yeah i would say i i often don't do it well <laughs> i think i'm learning i think um You know, I talk a lot about with to my kids about there is a wise path and a foolish path. And here's what the foolish path will lead to. And here's what the path of wisdom will lead to. So when they're choosing things on the foolish path, there's been, you know, when they're 13, you can't spank them anymore. And when they're younger, that is such an easy, it's not easy, but it's like a that's what you do as discipline. And so there's been a little bit of, okay, if you're going to choose foolishness, then you have to taste the consequence of your foolish choice. And as a mom, it is difficult to watch. And in that gap of time where they're kind of resting in their foolish choices, you have to pray that the Lord convicts their heart. And um, what I've actually seen is that he, he has, but I have to have self-control to just, um, stay quiet and allow God to do his work in their heart as he is starting to minister to them. Cause the other thing is like, at some point, like God has to become their God to them and he, they're not saved by my grace. Um, you know, they have to look to him. And and when I can have the self-control to do it right um, and allow God to be the one to speak and to convict their hearts, the outcome is always so much better than if I don't have self-control. And I try Mm -hmm. to get them to that point through my words or my actions.
2: You know, Jenna, when you said that God has to become their God, that's another, that was a huge prayer point and Mm -hmm. probably always uh, was. But, and when they're making unwise choices and you're silent, Um, here's I remember Josh when he was four and 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 then relying on God to come in. When Josh was four, um he he told us that he thought prayer was boring, you know, and, and so okay, we probably all the praying we did all day and you know at the night and everything else, a little too much for him. Um, but you know what? What a knife like kind of through our hearts, like, oh, what do you do with that? So he doesn't want to pray. And, and, you know, no sense in making a kid pray, right? That's not going to get anywhere. And so we said, okay, um, we'll we'll pray over you. We'll stand in the gap. We'll just pray for you and you don't have to pray. And um, But he knew um, that we were praying then that God would give him a desire and a reason to pray. And so this little four-year-old guy who, he was a good kid, um, and, and he wasn't... Um, of my two kids, he was not the strong-willed one. He wasn't the, the, the uh, my uh, my other son's sitting over here, so we're kind of smiling, but um, he was a good kid, but you know what? He had come to a place in his life where he started having um, nightmare dreams, bad dreams at night, and he asked us to pray for him. Every night, we were praying that he wouldn't have bad dreams, and uh, this particular night, Um, usually both of us put the kids down but when Rob was working that night you know I was putting the kids down alone that night and he said don't forget mom pray for my dreams and I said absolutely I put my head down to pray and um, as soon as I was going to start praying that he would have a good night's sleep and that he wouldn't be woken by his dream bad dreams I felt like God stopping me and in an instant I, I told Josh, my head is still down a little bit. I said, Josh, I don't think I'm supposed to pray for you tonight. I think God is waiting to hear from you. And I lift my head up and I'm looking at him and he already has tears coming down his face. And he said, I know, mom, God just told me that too. And I, it's, it's, uh, those are the spiritual markers that I'm going to write down. So he remembers, but when we don't know what to do, and how to respond to something the kids are doing um, all the more for us to stand in the gap and pray over them and for them it's really fine and good for them to hear what we're praying you know and so there's a maybe a comfort in knowing that mom and dad's got me or i hope that's what it was but in this instance you know god gave them a reason to pray and by the way he prayed and he didn't battle bad dreams anymore. My prayers didn't take his bad dreams away. Rob's prayers didn't take his bad dreams away, but that young boy praying to his God took his uh, and God delivered him from those uh, night terrors.
0: Kathy, one way that I've been influenced by you is when you've talked about um, your time with the Lord as a mom and how God actually uh, kind of spoke to you of how to do your time with the Lord, could you just real quick share a little bit of what that story looked like? Yeah, um, you know I, the women
2: that I admired all got up like super early before their kids to have their quiet times, and um, or some of them said, "Oh, I do it all when my kids are napping and stuff like that." And all I know is this: I had a kid who was a super early riser, and I'm a little lazy, so, so that combination didn't work really well for getting up before the kids. Um, but so. I felt like a failure in that department kind of, and God totally released me from that because I was trying to do it when my kids weren't there or seeing, right? Why would I hide that from them? And I just, he impressed me. So I'm praying and in the middle while I'm praying when I just feel like my thought life or what I'm focusing on or that scripture, boom, I just had a, um, I felt like God just impressed upon me in the moment do this in front of your kids give me the best part of that day at 10 o'clock in the morning is my best part of the day I took 10 o'clock and I went and I sat in a chair and I just started thinking great why would I want to hide what I'm doing from the kids or try to not hide it from them but you know at any rate train my kids how to respect Or know what I'm doing. And so yeah, I would uh did my quiet time. I had my Bible, my Bible study, and my prayer time. And I'll tell you what, when a little two-year-old comes and they climb in your lap and they want to talk about something else, I'd say, Oh, I'm reading my Bible. You know, they have theirs and we read their Bibles. I said, But I'm reading mine right now. I'm getting to know Jesus. I'm praying to Jesus. And I would pray out loud for them most of the time they'd crawl out of my lap you know after a little bit of that but they didn't dissuade me from having time with the lord and over time they really they respected it if they did want to come and sit in my lap i'd read out loud or do my bible study out loud and talk it through with them most of the time i was able to have really good quality time with the lord and my kids oftentimes just that's when they would like to leave and go and do something on their own for a little bit of time it was it was such a sweet, sweet time in life. It got really sweet, too, of course, when they went to school, and then I have the daytime hours to do that. But it was a very it's a sweet and fond memory for me.
0: Mm. I'm do a quick left turn. Um, I want to make sure I ask this question of Jenna because um, Jenna provides a unique perspective um, in motherhood, but just for our church is in general to learn from um, with her passion for, orphans and foster care. And so I would love to hear, Jenna, um, how has God used specifically like foster care and adoption? How has he used that to teach you about being a mom or what has he? Yeah, I think that's that's the question I want to ask. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, that's a really great question. And um, I think that it has taught me a lot and I probably can't touch on like everything that it's taught me because I think there's layers to it, but honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is um opening up our home to foster care and eventually adoption. Um it's taught me how incredibly sinful I am <laughs> and how as a mom like I can't be a mom without a daily, deep relationship with Jesus. And um, we started foster care when uh, Max was three and Maya was nine months old. And so it's been a huge part of me as a mom from, from the beginning. And I think it has shaped how I see sacrificial love. And how I see like a better picture of God's love for us in his sacrifice um, through sending Jesus um, to die for us because of his love. So much of foster care and adoption has been so sacrificial um, as a mom. And yeah, I remember kind of, I think this was our very first placement. I had this like aha moment from the Lord where one of our biological kids was next to one of our foster children and it's like God was saying not every child in this world is born to a mom and a dad um but foster care is the Lord's way of fighting for them and I just remember like looking at them and just this deep like I don't know impression from the Lord of him saying like I love this child just as much as I love your biological child and I've chosen you to advocate and to love them, um, and be the hands of Christ, um, for them. And ever since then, yeah, I just, I see orphans and kids in need just, just differently. And I see them more of a lens of like, God loves them and is fighting for them. And, um, I think also I learned just the power that God has given to us as moms, just with like simple things, cooking meals, putting your kids to bed, just a hug, like a mom's touch is like, is so powerful. And I've seen kids come into our home and leave transformed through obviously us teaching them about Christ, but it's like some kids don't. Have never experienced like the touch of a mom and just the power and the uniqueness that he has made us as moms to just love kids in this unique and special way so those are some of the things that it's taught me i mean it's honestly shaped me a ton as a mom but those are some of them
0: i feel like there are a million follow-up questions i could ask <laughs> from that, question, that response I'd say, like, to anybody in our church, if you're curious about adoption or foster care, Jenna and Nate are awesome people to talk to and ask about their experience. And so, yeah, I've learned
1: a lot from people. I'll add to that, like, we, I'll be very honest about the hard and the struggles of it, too. Um, Not very many people were with us when we entered into this world. And um, it is a warfare, but it is a battle worth fighting for and, um, God will change your life, but in a way that only deepens your walk with the Lord.
0: All right. That's a good word. Okay. Last question. And then we have to wrap it up quick. Um, so speaking from my own experience, being a mom can be pretty exhausting and wearisome, um, can feel repetitive and Specifically, even in this time with COVID, I personally have been fighting just discontentment in the mundaneness and isolation that COVID has brought. And so um, two sentences each from each of you guys. You can do three if you want. <laughs> what would you say to the mom who's struggling to find contentment in the mundaneness or repetitiveness of motherhood?
1: OK, I can start. I think I got this. Um, yeah, I would say, first of all, like know that you're not alone and that this is, um, pretty common, no matter what stage of parenting you're in. Um, I would say to fight for your, for your relationship with Christ and actually see those mundane moments as an invitation from the Lord, just to draw near to him. Um, another thing that has helped me is just keeping a gift list. And some days my gift list looks like coffee. I also love McDonald's Coke and ice. So that makes, that's Mm -hmm. made my gift (laughs) list during COVID probably more than anything. Um, But a gift list really helps me keep things in perspective and know that this mundane season is temporary and in it, there's really good things that God is trying to do in you. And so lean into that and don't push it away.
2: Yeah. The COVID thing is obviously a little different because you're, you know, you can't reach out and have friends over right now and that kind of thing. But I would say, in general, for when I was feeling mundaneness, even without the COVID thing, right? As I would say, you know what? Plan your work, like, kind of know what you want to accomplish that day. If it's two loads of laundry in the kitchen floor and you're done, Give yourself the permission to be done, you know, and then go and do something you like. Incorporate your kids into the things you like to do. If you are a hiker, throw your kids on and, you know, take them for a hike or if you're a biker, get a bike with a bike rack or, you know, find one at a garage sale, borrow one, but try to figure out how to incorporate your kids into some of the things you like to do. And then also um, invite others. I would say, you know, there's probably so many people at home in the mundaneness, and um, pick up the phone and be the inviter. I would really encourage you to do that. When you invite four other people or two others and the three moms are together and your three kids are together, uh, it just, it, that, that sense of community is, um, is pretty important.
0: Thanks both, Kathy and Jenna. This this is good. I just want to keep talking with you guys all morning. Um, but actually, I was wondering, would both of you mind praying for our church and the women and the moms and our church in general? And then we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Would love to. I'll
2: go first. Okay. Uh, oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I love this church. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of so many people that love you and are just wanting to live their life uh to please you and and uh um thank you for that sense of community that we have here jesus lord i pray that you would um not just teach us not that we would just be smarter and know more of your word every day lord i pray that your lord would transform us do what you want with us father so that we become more like you day by day by day that we Um, are able to reflect you to the loss, that we're able to reflect you to our friends, our family, uh, that people know you better and love you more um, through us day by day. So have your way with us, Lord. We love you, Jesus.
1: Yeah, Father, I just thank you for just this morning and um, your word and how, just seeing practically how your word transforms our life and dictates our actions and God I pray for everyone who is listening for Salt City Church I just I pray God that we would be a church and a family who deeply loves your word and deeply loves you Um, Lord the three of us moms on here know that we alone have nothing to bring to the table as moms we see our deficiencies every day but it's only through our relationship with Jesus that we have any um, ground to stand on and to speak on, Lord, because your grace has been um, overflowing into our lives, God. And and each day, Lord, we rely on you as moms to teach our kids. Um, God, I pray for generations to be raised up in Salt City Church to, to know you, to love you, and to serve you, Lord. And yeah, I just pray for all of those who are hurting today because Mother's Day might be um, something that's difficult or a trigger. God, I pray that they would find you as their refuge and that they would know that maybe their experience with their own mom um, hasn't been something that's good, but you are looking to draw them in and to be their refuge and their redeemer. God, would you speak truth about their true identity as their um, child of yours? Father, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.